0: And during this weekend, we are honoring and we're remembering those who have served and have faithfully fought for our country. And so as I thought about Memorial Day, I thought about, well, what's the history behind that? And and I may not even have it all right as I did some research, but hopefully it's close. Memorial Day is an official holiday in the United States. It was observed on May 30th until 1971 when for federal employees the date was changed to the last Monday in May and is also known as Decoration Day. The custom of placing flowers on the graves of those in the war began on May 5, 1866 in Waterloo, New York, and Waterloo has been recognized by Congress as the official birthplace of a Memorial Day. In 1868, General John Logan Then President of the Grand Army of the Republic declared that May 30th would be a day to decorate the graves of comrades with flowers who died in defense of their country during the late rebellion. And after World War I, the day was set aside to honor all Americans who died in wars. Then the custom was extended to pay tribute to deceased relatives and friends, both military and civilian. The most solemn ceremony conducted on Memorial Day is the placing of a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknowns located in Arlington National Cemetery. And so today, during this Memorial Day weekend, we celebrate the day. Many people may see it just as a day off or maybe as a three-day weekend, a, a reason to cook out and invite friends over. But for those who have lost someone because of war or military action... It means so much more than a day off. In fact, every American ought to recognize this day and honor those who gave their lives to, America, to make America what it is today. Free, strong, and a nation worth fighting for. Because men and women have died for this country. We have the right to preach God's word freely. And we need to thank God for those who died to make us free. And in light of this purpose and this special holiday, if you are or have served in our armed forces, would you please stand? Would you please stand this morning if you have ever served or are currently serving? Will we give them a round of applause, please? Man, we cannot say... Thank you enough. But all too often, we begin to forget. Even with a national holiday, we're, we're still a forgetful people. The phrase out of sight, out of mind applies to us a lot of times in our everyday lives. In fact, speaking of forgetting, I, I, I'm reminded of an, a story of an elderly husband and wife who visit their doctor when they begin forgetting little things. And the doctor tells them that many people take the time to write notes to themselves so that they don't forget those things. And so when they got home, the the wife says, Dear, will you please go to the kitchen and get me a dish of ice cream and maybe write that down so that you don't forget it? Nonsense, says the husband. I can remember a dish of ice cream. Well, says the wife, I'd also like some strawberries and some whipped cream on it if possible. Well, my memory's not all that bad, says the husband. No problem. A dish of ice cream, some strawberries with whipped cream on top. Got it. I don't need to write it down. And so the husband goes into the kitchen, and his wife hears pots and pans banging. And, and, it, and after what seems like an eternity the husband finally emerges from the kitchen and presents his wife with a plate of bacon and eggs. And she looks at the plate and asks, Hey, where's the toast I asked for? <laughs> See, everyone forgets one time or another, according to Karen Bola, a John Hopkins University researcher. And there are the, these are the things that a lot of people will forget. Names, where something is, telephone numbers, words, what was said, and faces. And speaking of memory, it's said that there are really three kinds of memory. Good, bad, and for most of us gentlemen, convenient memory. So in light of this special weekend of remembering, let us take the time in this service to remember And in remembering to be thankful. Will you pray with me? Father, this morning, I thank you for each one that is here in the building this morning. And I also thank you, Father, for those who are joining us online from around Casper, the state of Wyoming, the United States, and even around the world. Father, I pray that you would bless each one that is gathered together as the body of Christ. Father, may you speak through my words. May they be your words spoken through your word, the Bible, that we would grab hold of what you want us to hear this morning. God, you are faithful. May we be faithful in return. And to the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. According to dictionary.com, the definition of memorial is serving to preserve remembrance. Serving to preserve remembrance. And my hope this morning is that we would never forget why we celebrate Memorial Day and the people it represents. That we would remember that same, same blessings that take place here in America, that we receive many of those same blessings when it comes to our our spiritual lives as well. And though we forget, or maybe at times take it for granted and perhaps treat the day lightly, the sacrifices of the men and women who have fallen have purchased and provided us with many things. And I would like to point out only three of those things and correlate them to our spiritual lives as well. And the first thing, if you're taking notes this morning, is I want us to remember freedom. Remember freedom. Let me share one verse of the song, America the Beautiful, with you this morning. It's it's one of the verses, maybe like the fourth or fifth verse down. It says... O beautiful for glory tale of liberating strife, when once and twice for man's avail, men lavished precious life. America, America, God shed his grace on thee, till selfish gain no longer strain the banner of the free. And of the many things the deaths of our soldiers provide for us, freedom is by far one of the greatest. In this country, we enjoy many freedoms. We enjoy those freedoms because of men and women who are willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice on our behalf. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we have a spiritual freedom over sin and death. Because Jesus was willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice on our behalf. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. From the NIV it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Again, from Galatians 5, verse 1. See, we don't have to live in bondage to sin anymore we must take jesus's sacrifice for what it is the perfect lamb sacrifice on our behalf and and we can't take it for granted by just continuing to sin see we need to value value the freedom you have from sin and live a life that remembers that freedom if you're a baptized believer this morning, then, then you must live like the psalmist who writes in Psalms 119, verse 45. Psalm 119, verse 45 says, I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. God's precepts, his teachings, his guidelines, from his word, the only way to really live in spiritual freedom it's to be obedient to God's word. John 8, verse 31b through verse 32, again from the NIV. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. During first service, I I tried this, and it worked out fine. It wasn't the way I was planning to do it, so I'm going to give you a little bit more instructions. I'm going to say something, and you're going to repeat what I say, okay? All right, so then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Let's say that one more time. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Man, doesn't that seem so simple? You know, all we got to do is spend time reading this, not necessarily binging on Netflix, but maybe binging on this. And when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. Remember freedom. And so the question is, has the truth of the good news of Jesus set you free? Are you bound by the things of this world? Paul goes on in Galatians chapter 5 down in verse 13. says, you my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. Isn't that the question we have to ask ourselves this morning? We, we know that we are free in Jesus. We, but what do we do with that freedom? Do we use that freedom as a free pass to sin because we know that God's words tells us that He's willing to forgive? Well, that's not how it's supposed to be. In fact, in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Are you continuing in sin? Or are you living a life free of sin and serving one another in love? When we remember the freedom that we have in Christ, out of gratitude, we need to live according to his word. The second thing I'd encourage you to write down is remember security. I am most often reminded of the security we enjoy in this nation whenever I watch or read about what goes on around the world. Every night I go to bed in the safety of my own home while wars are fought on foreign soils. I don't go to sleep fearing that my car will be blown up. I'm not going to face bombers on the way to work, no missiles flying overhead, no chaos in the streets. I highly value the security that we receive from living in the United States of America. But even more than that security, I want us to remember the security that we have in Jesus. Psalm 18, verses 1 through 3, are some powerful verses, and it it begins by saying, For the director of music of David, the servant of the Lord, he sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And these are words that I believe that we can hold firm to. David said, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord, who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. Wow, aren't those some powerful verses? Does that mean that as a Christian we will never get sick? Well, no. No. Does that mean that we will never face any sort of tragedy in our lives? No. Does that mean we will never have anything bad ever happen to us? No. We live in a broken world. But what it does mean is that we find security, sanctuary, refuge in the God who is in control of everything. When we remember the spiritual security that we have in God, nothing can touch us physically. We know that this is not all we have to look forward to. That this life is not all that there is. There's more to look forward to. We have eternity with God to look forward to. And when I think of security, there's a story told of a group of botanists that went on an expedition into a hard to reach location in the Alps searching for, a, for new varieties of flowers. And one day as a scientist looked through his binoculars he saw a beautiful rare species growing at the bottom of a deep ravine. And to reach it someone was going to have to be lowered down by a rope into the gorge. And noticing a a local youngster standing nearby, the the man asked him if he would help them get the flower. The boy was told that a rope would be tied around his waist and the men would slowly lower him to the floor of the canyon. Excited yet apprehensive about the adventure, the youngster peered thoughtfully into the chasm. Wait, he said, I'll, I'll be right back. And off he dashed. And when he returned, he was accompanied by an older man. Approaching the head botanist, the boy said, I'll go over the cliff now and get the flower for you. But this man must hold on to the rope. He's my dad. Even if we face scary situations, we know our God it's holding the rope. Even if harm should come, we can still find security in our Father. And so the third thing I would encourage us to remember this morning is to remember peace. With freedom and security comes great peace. In fact, the majority of our nation is so at peace that we are oblivious at times to the terror and turmoil most people in the world face on a daily basis. When we tuck our kids in at night, we can thank a soldier that they can sleep all night in peace. When we relax on our front porches with a fresh cup of coffee, we can thank a soldier we don't have to worry about friendly fire. It's because they gave their lives that we enjoy the peaceful lives that we do. And it's because Jesus gave his life that we as Christians can enjoy a life of peace in him that non-Christians, they just have a hard time understanding. We need to remember where our true peace comes from. It's from the grace and forgiveness offered to us through the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross. In Jesus, we have a peace that surpasses all understanding. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 is a passage of scripture that I've read many times over the last three months. It says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let Your request being made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And as Christians, we have the privilege of living a life of peace in a world full of chaos and craziness. It just reminds me of a story that long ago, a man sought the perfect picture of peace. He wanted the perfect picture of peace, and and not finding one that satisfied, he announced a contest to produce this masterpiece. The challenge stirred the imagination of artists everywhere, and paintings arrived from far and wide. Finally, the great day of revelation arrived, and the judges uncovered one peaceful scene after another while the viewers clapped and cheered, and the tensions grew as only two pictures remained unveiled. As the judge pulled the cover from one, a hush fell over the crowd. A mere smooth lake reflected lacy green birches under the soft blush of the evening sky. Along the grassy shore, a flock of sheep grazed undisturbed. Surely this was the winner. However, the man with the vision uncovered the second painting himself. And the crowd gasped in surprise, could this be peace? An unbridled waterfall cascaded down a a rocky precipice. The crowd could almost feel its cold, penetrating spray. Stormy gray clouds threatened to explode with lightning, wind, and rain. In the midst of the thundering noises and bitter chill, a spindly tree clung to the rocks at the edge of the falls one of its branches reached out in front of the terrestrial waters as if foolishly seeking to experience its full power. A little bird had built a nest in the elbow of that branch. Content and undisturbed in her stormy surroundings, she rested on her eggs. With her eyes closed and her wings ready to cover her little ones, she manifested peace that transcends all earthly turmoil. In John 14, 27 from the English Standard Version, Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid, John fourteen twenty seven. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you need to remember the peace that only God can provide. It was a few weeks before Christmas, 1917. And the beautiful snowy landscapes of Europe were blackened by war. The trenches on one side held the Germans, and on the other side, the trenches were filled with Americans. It was World War I. The exchange of gunshots was intense. Separating them was a very narrow strip of no man's land. A young German soldier attempting to cross that no man's land had been shot and had become entangled in the barbed wire. And he cried out in anguish, then in pain he continued to whimper. Between the shells, all the Americans in that sector could hear him scream. When one American soldier could stand it no longer, he crawled to that German soldier. And when the Americans realized what he was doing, they stopped firing. But the Germans continued. Then a German officer realized what the young American was doing, and he ordered his men to cease firing. Now there was a weird silence across the no man's land, and on his stomach, the American made his way to that German soldier and disentangled him. He stood up with the German in his arms, walked straight to the German trenches, and placed him in the waiting arms of his comrades. Having done so, he turned and started back to the American trenches, and suddenly there was a hand on his shoulder that spun him around. There stood a German officer who had won the Iron Cross, the highest German honor for bravery. And he jerked it from his own uniform and placed it on the American, who walked back to the American trenches. Only when he was safely in the trenches did they resume the insanity of war. That German soldier was thankful for that American soldier's sacrifice. And this morning, we too need to be thankful for the sacrifices that men and women, American soldiers have made over the years that we might have freedom that we might have security, that we might have peace here in the United States. And more importantly, may we be thankful for the sacrifice that Jesus made, that those who would give their life over to God would have spiritual freedom, security, and peace. And as the praise team comes, we're going to sing a song of invitation this morning. and, And maybe this morning, you've never really accepted the freedom, security, and peace that you can have in God because you've never really surrendered your life completely over to Jesus. You've never been immersed, baptized into Jesus. Then I would invite you to come as we sing this morning. And if you're joining us online and you've never made that decision, I would encourage you to reach out through our digital respond invitation card at pvcc.info. May you surrender your life over to God this morning. Will you stand with us this morning?